to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com, episode 292, Planet of Evil. My name is John, and joining me is a man who once threw me down a hole, and then I kind of just floated around for a while. It was really weird, and then I just popped back out of the hole, and I was pretty much okay, is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, that was such an adventure. It was, and look, I mean, the, the things that you learn by, by watching, you know, the Bottomless Pit episode of Gravity Falls. Yes, yes, absolutely. Or, or, or for those of you who are really into obscure references, Mel's Hole. Yes. Uh, if you are fans of listening to Art Bell back in the day. There you go. <laughs> uh, Taylor, how are you doing? John, October has been a busy and challenging month, I will not lie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah work is um i got a lot of it got a lot of it right <laughs> a lot now. of work i I'd, I'd like to not have as much of it i mean yeah there's just a lot All it's right. busy but i'm hanging in there how about you uh i am doing uh i'm doing pretty well um can't complain at the moment but i, I mean will. you can yeah it's safe it's a safe space to complain true but uh yeah i, I don't have any uh i have no complaints that's good none complaints that's good um, all right. Well, I mean, before we, we get into the who news and planet of evil, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about what's making us happy this fortnight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. All right. Well, um, I, I suppose I could have used this last time we talked, but I had other things to, to, uh, to eclipse that as it were, um, season two of Loki and season two of our flag means death. Yeah, both out, and I am enjoying both of them tremendously. Yeah, um, same, 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 same. Uh, yeah, just I missed both those shows, and I'm so happy they're back. Yeah, um, last not last weekend, but the weekend before. So, uh, what was that? The 14th, yeah, the 14th weekend of the 14th, we went out to the Half Moon Bay Pumpkin Festival. Oh, nice, always a fun time. Boy, oh boy, I forgot how big that festival is and how crowded it gets. Oh, yeah. Look, I kid you not, it was so crowded there that as we're like, you know, buying, we got some cool pieces of art from a couple of different vendors and stuff. Um, But there were so many people there. Yeah. Even though your phone goes, hey, I've got signal. You weren't getting anything. There's just so much load on the system. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Ooh. It was crazy, but it was fun. Oh, good. It was a good time. And uh, just this morning, as I was driving my son to school, um, he was making this kind of like, ooh, kind of spooky sound, because obviously it's October. Um, and I was like, what? Are you singing the Doctor Who theme back there? Just making a joke. And he's like, what? I was like, here. Uh, okay, hold on. And so I bring up, and he hears 15's theme. And he's like, Dad, this is so cool. I oh, want this yeah. on my music player. Yeah. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. He's like, I think I want to try watching some more Doctor Who. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Love I'm it. cool with that. Yeah. I am absolutely. cool with that. So all of those things are making me happy. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, let's see. What's making me happy? Well, what I mean, me happy? when we when we last left uh, me, 
Um, Lauren had, I believe, just been gone for a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, it has been two weeks, and Lauren is now back. She got back uh, midday today. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we are all uh, very happy that she is back. Um, so and is... you're recording. Wow, she is yes. way too kind. Thank you, Lauren. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, but also, uh, she has my calendar, so she knows what I'm what I'm up to. Oh, fair, but yeah. still, you know, <laughs> you miss your gal. Yeah. I get it. Um, so, yeah, very happy that she's back. Let's see what else is going on. I got all of the... You know, if you've been listening to our show and hearing the Who news, um, I got all of the Magic the Gathering commander decks. Yeah. Uh, they have not been opened yet because I need what? to get um, the sleeves and a box to put them in. You need to keep them safe. Yes. You need to keep your baby safe. I get it. Absolutely. So we're going <laughs> to, you know, we're going to build that up and then we're going to learn how to play Magic and then maybe hopefully during gallifrey i can play magic with somebody and actually be okay i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people doing that yeah um so got that uh what else is making me happy um i well this doesn't make this doesn't make me happy but it, it 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 ended up being something good because i i got a new uh softball glove i okay apparently two weeks ago i left my glove at the field. Oh, no. And I didn't know about it until until uh, last week's game. <laughs> I opened my bag and I went, uh-oh. Oh, boy. Where's my glove? Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, so I guess in my absent-mindedness. So I got a new glove. It's coming in tomorrow. I'm going to try and break it in before Thursday's game. We won, we won our first game of the season. Hey, congrats. Thank you. That was very cool. And another thing that's making me happy is I can't remember if I told you this, Taylor, but um, I play softball with the uh, the new voice actor uh, for Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. Oh, no kidding. I- yeah. Um, wow. And uh, Doctor Who fans, or at least Idiot Lantern fans, may remember him from Lauren's uh, produced and directed um snl auditions he uh he did hugh grant oh okay yes yes yeah Um, oh wow oh no kidding that's funny yeah very small world um yeah and also he had told he had told me before you know i was watching the first uh episode of the new season of rick and morty and i saw his name pop up and i went wait what uh, and then I read the Hollywood Reporter article about him. Yeah. Um, he had told me that when Lauren cast him in that, uh, she also cast him to do some other sort of voiceover thing. And that apparently was the catalyst for him to get a voiceover agent. Oh, no kidding. So um, indirectly, Lauren uh, put him on this path, I guess. That's that is wild. And now now he voices one of her, one of the most iconic cartoon characters uh, of the modern era, and uh, one of Lauren's favorite uh, shows. That's that's insane. Yeah, it's absolutely moly. It's absolutely insane. He he kills it too. Oh, that's Um, awesome. Yeah. So uh, it was very funny. You know, uh, warming up with him on Thursday, and then being like, "Hey, how's it going?" He goes, "Oh, you know, it's been kind of a." a hectic week and i said yeah i bet and he laughed 
it, <laughs> he's a very cool guy. We're very happy for him. And uh, nice. Yeah. So I play uh, softball with Rick Sanchez now. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. That's also That's... making me happy. I'm trying. To yeah. Think of, I'm trying to think of what else is is uh, if there is anything else. I mean, just honestly, really, just Lauren being home is is great. Oh, I bet. I um, bet. It hasn't been like an insane two weeks with the dogs. It's been pretty chill, but it's just like, yeah, it's you know, I get it. When 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 a loved one is away, you yeah. know, regardless of of how everything goes, it's always awesome to have them back. So we we won't dilly dally in our episode tonight. No, <laughs> no, no dilly dallying. But let's get to who news. Yeah, and for starters, John, I think you're going to love this bit of news. Um, the British Film Institute did a screening of the underwater menace, which is the new animated uh, missing story. And in that they shared um, that they're going to keep going. There's more animated uh, missing stories to come. Uh, None, none specifically were named, but the news that more animations are coming is excellent. Excellent. Yes, it is. (laughs) That is so great i am so happy to hear that yeah we were i mean i believe that was last gallifrey we were pretty devastated at basically what seemed mm. to be like mm-hmm. an in, in memoriam for yeah. uh animated who adventures but exactly. i am i'm very excited that they're um they're doing they're doing more i kind of wish mm-hmm. like i mean they can't they they, you know, they they can't see in the crystal ball. I kind of wish they had done the toy maker before the 60th. Just to oh it. yeah, that that would have been really really cool. I think that would have been very cool. This follows uh, the long. Oh, there's a follow up. I'm on the tweet. It says this. Oh, this, and I'm barely like I didn't know anything about this until I opened our notes because I'm mm-hmm. apparently just not on social media at all, which is weird. Like, yeah, I'm I'm I mean, just like absent from it. <clears throat> My month has been so busy that I've hardly, I really have not been on much. Yeah, I wonder if this is the end of social media for me. Probably not. But um, they said this follows the longstanding rumors that the Celestial Toymaker is in the early stages. We Ooh. have to wonder. Love it. Okay, that's, that is amazing. I'm very excited for that. Yep, yep. Yeah, very excited for that. Um, I think it was my, I think it was my very first Gallifrey one. Um and eighties era composer Dominic Lynn was there. Ah. Um, and I picked up a couple of his remix CDs yes. that he's put out, the Ravelox remixes and um um oh lordy, I can't remember the other one right now. Anyway, um November twenty fourth, mark your calendars, folks. Uh the survival remixes oh. are coming. Okay. Uh which uh look, I mean I love his music, his his take on the Doctor Who theme, the terror theme we use for our behind the couch scale. It's mm-hmm. like my favorite, like what non-canonical yes. you know, non-TV used version of the theme is absolutely my favorite. So the fact that he's got more music coming out for us, I'm stoked for. So we'll have a link to the show notes in that where you can either pre-order or pre-save depending on whether you're buying or streaming uh that album there you go yep uh this next one please file it under rumor uh (sighs) but someone says that someone they know who you know i know a guy who knows a guy 
kind of thing says that the 60th anniversary specials may very well be November 25th and then the first two weekends in December. Okay, so that would place us um and Star Star Beast would be yes, is the first one. Yes, yeah, Star Beast would be the first one. And then it is the ninth when Tenet turns into Shooty. Uh yes, that would make sense. And then uh the and Christmas episode? And then the Christmas yeah, and then we'd have the Christmas special, so we'd have like a two week break. Okay. Basically. So technically maybe we're getting four weeks. four specials in uh, yeah. the coming months. Okay. Yeah, um, I mean, by the end of the year, yes. Okay, which honestly is really exciting. Is very yeah. exciting. Um, uh, so a month. Okay, sure. Just what? Like, just announce it. Like this is it, please. It's getting to the point where it, it feels like they're they're revealing so many little things that they forgot to reveal the thing that. Uh, it's no really offense important. to anyone that works on my favorite show. The most important <laughs> thing. It, it would help us plan our episodes a little bit. Yeah, because we need to. Let's I mean, just say we need to figure out when we're going to do Social Toymaker. Exactly. Like you know, our next episode, we could get to the end of that, announce what we're watching next, and then they announce, and then it's like, okay, change of plans. Yeah. So just be prepared for that, folks. I think. Because our next episode is going to be the sixth, right? Uh, yes, it'll be the sixth of November. I think if November, jeez Louise. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, if... so we'll have the the sixth and the twentieth for episodes next month. Yeah, so uh, depending, I mean, if the twenty fifth is the actual date, mm-hmm. then um, we might have to pivot. Anyway, we'll figure that out later, guys. Yeah, but, you, you know, it's just an annoyance. Just tell us, please. <laughs> yeah, please. We'd like to know. That's all I want to know. You know, you know who does know something? Joe knows. Oh no, Joe knows. Um, yeah, Radio Times interviewed. There, I mean, obviously, everybody's doing a bunch of like articles yeah. and stuff about Doctor Who on our on their 60th anniversary and everything. Um, and uh, you know, Katie Manning, wonderful woman, absolute just ball of sweetness that she is. Yes. Um, you know, talked about her time on Doctor Who and her departure in the Green Death. Um, and down toward the end of the article, let me get there real quick. Um, it says earlier this year, Manning revealed that she knows and knows is in quotes <laughs> that there will be people returning for new doctor who spinoffs, but didn't confirm whether she'd be involved in any of them. Mm. However, she did say it would be lovely if Joe just occasionally comes in for a very good reason. There you go. <laughs> Why not? I love it. Yep. Yep, always a good time with that. And, of course, Russell is, you know, it wouldn't be fitting if he didn't tease us uh, with a little bit of news. Um, And as I let this load, obviously this coming via Doctor Who Magazine issue 596. Um, So (laughs) I I don't know if these just come off the top of his head when he thinks about them or if he kind of plans them out. He goes November 1st, November 17th, November 23rd. And none of those dates is the special transmission. I really, Russell, really? So uh, I guess that's another piece of news that we didn't. All of Doctor Who is going to be available on the BBC iPlayer. Yeah. And by all, we mean most. Yeah. Um, But since most of us can't get into that. Fine. Yeah. We're not going to get into that because it is just, bonkers stupidity yeah um um but suffice it to say you could probably find an earthly child out there somewhere yeah 
you know, easy enough. Easy. Uh, yeah, November 17th is actually Children in Need. Okay. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll probably have a little something for that. I'd be surprised if, if we didn't. Um, so uh, the anniversary specials will feature two celebrity historical figures and a genuine in-universe crossover with uh, Davies' biographical miniseries on a gal named Noelle Gordon. The show was called Nolly. Um, And so one of the historical figures is rumored to be Scottish television pioneer John Logie Baird. Okay. Um, So who knows? Maybe. maybe. Who knows? Where did my cursor go? There's my cursor. Thank you. God, I swear to God, my eyes are getting old. Um, (laughs) Davies also hinted that a special brief episode of Doctor Who Unleashed will be shared before the first 60th anniversary special airs. Okay. Um, and he revealed that some exciting additional 60th anniversary content was recently filmed at Bad Wolf Studios in Wales. He says, as the summer began, I was thinking about the 60th and wondered, have we done enough? So I had an idea <laughs> on July 5th, sent a formal proposal to this team on the team on July 20th. Then three scriptwriters got to work. And now just two months later in the second half of September, we're about to embark on a six day studio shoot of brand new material that will make you fizz. I promise. Oh, boy. I know. Oh, boy. I know. And not only that, but you made a good point to me today. Um, the shooty's second season starts started today. Shooting. Starts today. Starts shooting today, yeah. which is great news for, I assume, the post-production process of the first season. Presumably. Which, uh, I mean, hopefully, 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 as soon as uh, Tenet regenerates into shooty, we get get a date oh yeah i mean if nothing else by the end of the christmas special oh right here's when yeah here's when season 14 is coming yeah yes please please give us a date that would be great do we know how many episodes it is yeah um it it it, it's a christmas special and eight episodes okay Hmm. i don't know if i want them to do that at the top because then we'd have to wait again you know no i mean if it's like give it to us in spring yeah, Maybe. like April. Yeah, that's kind of, I was kind of thinking Easterish time. Yeah, April would be fine. nice. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, shooty uh, second season starts today. Uh, also, a year ago today was um, I saw that Power of the Doctor was Power of the Doctor. Crazy. Um, Can't believe that's been a year already. I know it's wild. So um, there you go. We are uh, rip roaring and ready to go. I feel like there was something yeah. else that oh. I don't know if this is... I think it was new, um, mm. and I don't know what it was for, but I saw it on my timeline somewhere where it was like a sit-down with um, with RTD, Chibs, and, yeah. um, and Moffat. Yes, I forgot that they had shared that, and I didn't watch it yet. So I watched a little bit of it. It's just very, yeah. it's just very like three... Uh, in, I mean, no disrespect to, to any of them. Three big old nerds just nerding out about a nerd thing. <laughs> and it's great god i love it's it like the next thing you know they'll start a podcast or something uh i would listen to that podcast i probably would too honestly yeah i feel like so much cool stuff would come out of that podcast yeah um yeah, yeah there you go all right well nice now it is time it is time folks to talk about planet of evil starring tom baker as the doctor elizabeth sladen as sarah jane smith frederick yeager as Sorensen. And Mike Lee Lane as the antimatter monster. 
<laughs> it was written by Lewis Marx and directed by David Maloney. It first aired September 27th through October 18th. Hey, look at that. I know. Uh, 1975, and it is the second story of season 13, and we have a slew of story notes brought to us by the fine folks over at TARDIS Datacor. Now, John, before we started recording, I asked you if Frederick Yeager's name looked familiar, and you were like, mm, not really. And then I went to highlight it. Yes, and, and I, I told, told you not to. to. And I didn't. I have ladies, not. Ladies and gentlemen, Frederick Yeager, our Sorensen in this story, is also Professor Marius, who would later gift K-9 to the Doctor. Wait, really? Dead serious. <laughs> That's great. I didn't know that. I know. Oh, that's very It was one of those cool. things that I was putting the notes together. I'm like, God, why does his name look familiar? Just had this little this little tickle in the back of my head, so I clicked on it. I was like, Oh, well shoot, I've gotta I gotta bring this up. Uh he was okay, he also played Jano. I think this is a first doctor story. Really? Let me see here. In which in which story? Um he appeared as Jano in the Savages in nineteen sixty six. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah, look at that. Wow. Holy moly. That's great. Nice. So he was he uh, spanned. Th- is that th- no? Not three doctors. Just two. Just two doctors. That's still impressive. But that's still yeah, very still cool. Good. Look at that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this is the only story written by Lewis Marks that was not a season opener. Oh. Although honestly, second story of the season is pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Philip Hinchcliffe has remarked that he approached Roger Murray Leach to find out what sort of landscape he could do best in a studio. Uh, uh, Murray Leach remarked that he could always do a good jungle. <laughs> Despite the jungle setting of this serial, Leach built an intricately detailed jungle set, and the shoot was entirely studio bound. And believe me, we will talk about this set because oh, yeah. it actually is really amazing. Um, the BBC was so impressed with it that they kept photographs of it, which were also included in an internal BBC training manual for several years as an example of excellent set design. Excellent. That's right. That's right. The set was popular with the BBC's prop department, which went some way to securing Murray Leach um, forgiveness for inadvertently destroying several hundred pounds of stock scenery by oh, making no. the jungle difficult to disassemble. Oh, no. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this set. Yep. You know you did a good job when it's really hard to uh, strike the set. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So the original script had Sorensen dying after falling into the pit, but Philip Hinchcliffe ordered that this be changed as he felt it would be too grim an ending for the little ones. And because he saw Sorensen as a victim of the planet's influence rather than an evil man himself. <clears throat> Instead, a scene was added in which Sorensen is released from the pit and cured of his antimatter contamination, kind of kind of like Mel's hole. Uh, you know, for those of you who are Art Bell fans. <clears throat> I think that is the correct decision i think so too yeah honestly you know um this is the first story to feature the fourth doctor behind the console of the tardis uh the tardis console room hadn't been seen on screen since the third doctor serial death to the daleks wait a new tardis console yeah so this is the first that's insane i know isn't that an entire season yes that's wild. That is. That is. New TARDIS console makes its television debut in this story, although it was first used in Pyramids of Mars because it was filmed before Planet of Evil. 
Um, however, due to an oversight, the TARDIS console room, as seen in this story and pyramids, did not include a scanner screen. Huh. Yeah. Um, as John mentioned earlier, the antimatter monster was played by Mike Lee Lane, who remained uncredited both on screen and in the Radio Times, which is why I decided we absolutely had to credit him here and make sure he was in the story notes. Yeah. Um, the Thal spaceship doors from Planet of the Daleks are reused for the geology ship exterior and floor plant for floor plans, no floor panels and structural components from the Ark in space and the mutants in the ship interior. In particular, a distinctive set of walls with a waffle like triangular embossing first used in the mutants appear in many episodes well into the eighties and even turned up on the show Blake seven. Yeah, I feel, well. I feel like I remember that was a, a Blake 7 Doctor Who connection was the, I do re- recall this being... Not being, surprised. Yeah, that you feels know, very I familiar. Spacesuits ended up in Star Wars and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, amazingly enough, much of the dialogue had to be redubbed as it was virtually impossible to accurately position boom mics on the set. Okay, that actually makes a ton of sense now because I feel like I was watching some of this and I was like, why is the volume all over the place? Oh, uh huh. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, again, if you build a jungle set so well, you can't get the boom mics in. There you go. I mean, good job. Good job. But you really weren't thinking of all the The bells and whistles. Yes. Yeah. All the bells and whistles. Liz Sladen named this as her favorite serial because she felt it was where her and Tom Baker's characters really bonded. Okay. I like that. Yeah. And there you go. All right, Taylor, before we get into the episode, you have a world famous synopsis for us. So take it away. Indeed. Indeed. The doctor and Sarah Jane answer a distress beacon on a planet with a really cool looking jungle. And it's apparently either a planet at the edge of the universe or maybe the last planet to be charted or I don't know, something like that. But something invisible is terrorizing the survey team and turning them into desiccated apple children, right? Remember those little little creepy-looking... Oh, yeah. Another ship answers the distress call and naturally thinks the Doctor and Sarah Jane are behind it all, but they're anti-behind-it-all. Or rather, there's an anti-matter creature behind it all because I guess it doesn't want its antimatter stolen or... Something like that, I, I think. Anyway, anyway, it's the planet of evil. Oh my goodness! So, um, I didn't know that this antimatter monster um, was so into creating things that they were going to sell at a farmer's market. I know, just freeze dried human. You, yeah, I know. Really? Like, <laughs> uh, you, nowadays, this antimatter monster would have an Etsy store. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Taylor, what did you uh, overall overall thoughts and feelings on I, on Planet of Evil for the story itself? It was okay. Yeah, um, it kind of leans a little heavily on the trope that the Doctor and Sarah Jane are, are criminals. Yes. You know that they're responsible. Like we've seen this time and time and time again, and and maybe it is just one of those things where I just need to go. Oh. Yep, just that Doctor Who thing. They yeah. just happen to show up at the wrong time in the right place and assumed they're the bad guys. But that said, again, we're dealing with an amazing looking jungle set. Yeah. Which was really, really cool. Um, you know, I, I feel like the, the CSO of the antimatter monster was a little weird in places. It's like the ankles didn't quite line up. 
And then, of course, we had like, you know, laser pistols that just had like flash bulbs on the tips. Oh, well, we'll I mean, that. we'll get that. Yeah, it, it, it left a little bit to be desired. I, I mean, I think, I don't think the pacing was horrible necessarily, but again, it, it did feel like there was kind of some back and forth. There was some stuff that I think could have been trimmed. I think maybe this could have been a three parter. Okay. I don't, I actually like, I don't think I, you know, me, Mr. Uh, pacing problem. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't think I really had a, an issue with how this was paced. Um, did you watch this in one setting or two? Uh, two. Yeah. I watched it in two as well. I'm just trying to think if maybe if, you know, sometimes when you split it up, it doesn't feel as ridiculous. Um, maybe, but I, I didn't. I surprisingly did not have uh, a problem with how it was paced. I did have a. I think this is probably the worst gun sound effects I've ever heard mm. in, in Doctor Who or anywhere ever. Even when you know you go like pew pew, this is worse. This is because it's. It's because those things weren't powered by pure energy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Pure energy. No, they were not. But um, I so gun sound effects awful. I actually, uh, and I feel like our our story is don't don't mess with nature or stuff you find in nature. That's kind of how it sort goes. Sort of, sort of, yeah. Um, and which is always it feels like that's like a big old message in in Doctor Who. Don't don't mess with the things. Um. I really liked how the antimatter creature looked. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, yeah, some parts was like, okay, this is a little weird. But overall, I think two things that I liked. I liked how it looked. I also liked that we never, like, you know how it's like, oh, it, some t- you'd think, like, we'd see what it actually looks like. Yeah. I liked that as well. We never got, like... A behind the uh not couch behind the curtain <laughs> yeah behind the curtain right we, we, we only see it's kind of like glowing outline yeah so it's kind um, of like a uh um like a, a hitchcock thing less is mm-hmm. you know, less is less more see, yeah. yeah no i i agree with that I, now from a like a behind the scenes production standpoint i'm i'm curious like what it what it looks like yeah, I'm trying when to when they were like I, filming it and then kind of like did this effect to it. I'm honestly trying to see if I can find if I can find a picture. Wow. Oh, good luck. Yeah. I mean, um, I think it would be fun, but I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, something I noticed pretty early on because um when we do finally get to the Doctor and Sarah Jane in the TARDIS, um, they go into an, an, sorry, excuse me, an emergency materialization, which strangely enough looks and sounds exactly like regular materialization. Right. Yes. Uh, I found it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Give me oh a my second. gosh. Yeah. Um, let's see this. It actually, um, I, <laughs> again, uh, sorry for that noise. Uh, let me put, let me paste it in here somewhere. I'll paste it under my overall feelings. Oh, yep. I'm almost there. <clears throat> Let's see it. So it kind of looks almost like a frog, kind of. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, apparently, uh, oh, oh, and here's a, there's a better one in, in the, uh, there's another picture that I found, but you get the gist. It's silver. Yeah. And yeah. I, I like, and it's like, okay, I like that I'm seeing, like, that's kind of how they designed it. Um, but I, the more I kind of just look at stills, Mm-hmm. of the 
of the monster, how it appears. I I really like it. I think they did a great job. Um, it's an effect I don't think I've really... I don't know what I would be like, oh, I've seen that effect in this. Yeah, that kind of like neon outline. Yeah. Like, I don't know what else to call it, really. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool thing that I, I'm not sure that... Um, you know, I, I'm not sure that uh, I've seen that often. Um, and honestly, what was this? 76? Uh, 75. 75. I mean, yeah, that's I, I haven't seen anything that remotely looks like this in Doctor Who. So it was something they were trying out. And I think they I think they mm-hmm. nailed it. I think it looked pretty cool. Yeah, yeah um, I dig it. One thing like th- there's a couple of things that I was just like, uh, uh, this is weird. But you know what? We won't get to that because we need to talk about this amazing set. Yes. The set for this is like, you know, the note said, it's out of control. It is. It is so well done. Um, I think I took a little screenshot of it. Mm -hmm. There were some really cool, um, like, silhouettes of the doctor kind of running through this insane set. You have, like, trees and, like, a swamp and crazy vines and branches and Mm -hmm. fog and the lighting was great on it too. It just looked really cool. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of layers to it, which is one of its like like really big selling points. Is so oftentimes, you know, we'll we'll see a planet or um you know, you go back and look at like um I know I'm kind of doing apples to oranges here, but you know, you look at uh, uh like some planetary Star Trek sets from the original series. Right. And it's it's almost minimalist in some ways. Um and again, speaking in generalities, like yes. Doctor Who's got some really minimal stuff. Star Trek's got some super detailed stuff. Like I'm not, I'm not crapping on one or the other. Um, but looking at this, like I'm just looking at the still that you threw in the notes, and it's just trunks and vines yeah. and lighting and and the fog machine and and grasses and it really is. It is so over the top that I mean, I'd almost say it's worth watching the episode just to kind of admire the set yeah. design. And fortunately we don't get much of the planet in the third and fourth episodes. No, we're kind of, we're off planet. I will also say the TARDIS looks amazing on, on this set. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really, yeah. really think like it, it goes with the color scheme of the planet too. It's very, it's very cool. Um, yeah, it definitely does. And yeah, it is unfortunate that we kind of don't see uh this set in the in the final two episodes. I mean, we do see the um the uh the cave or whatever, not the cave. Yeah, the, like the like pit. the the antimatter monster's hole. Yeah, we see his home. Oh, that sounds wrong. That sounds um, wrong. Yeah. We see his home, which is like I just really is there a I don't I don't even know how deep the Blu-rays go. Is there a Blu-ray for this season? Because not yet, I don't think. I think season twelve. I know there is. I don't think there's one for season thirteen yet. I think this would be one of the most interesting, like behind the scenes things. Mm, mm-hmm. If they have anything from it, it would be to check this. I'm trying to think of like I'm looking at pictures from this. I'm trying to think of like something that I could liken liken it too you know like like a painting or um mm-hmm. you know what it, you know what it looks like in some in some aspects there's a oh man i would have to find it it's a very specific star wars art oh okay and i don't know how i would find it star wars art swamp i mean i i, 
I suppose there are also like some Dagobah vibes to it, but just not with the color. Like the color is totally different. Yeah, there's something that I I have seen that looks. I mean, yeah, it's it's got the vibes to it. Definitely not the color. Maybe um maybe the the little place where they find Vader or not Vader. Oh, possibly you know, the, whatever. It yeah, is. I like yeah, yeah. I I wish I could find this art, but I can't. But yeah, it re- reminds me. It has the vibe of whomever that artist is. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotcha. That's what it's, gotcha. that's the vibe that I'm getting from this. It's just a very very cool set. Um. I also did like that we used that probe to kind of go find the doctor. Oh, yes. We, um, we've got this kind of like flying drone thing, and we literally get like the drone. I mean, like literally the drone's eye view because the dang thing has an eyeball in it, which is Which is, is great. <laughs> I really thought that. I was like, that's pretty weird, but I love but it. But we do get some directorial choices that puts the camera up there, and I like that a lot. Yeah, so it's like we, we get our very the very first drone shot of all time. Probably yep. not, but you know, um, yeah. So I, I just really enjoyed this set. Um, I would, yeah, like I said, love to see a behind the scenes. Totally, of that that would be so cool. Totally, and you know, speaking of design, like um, the uh, the spaceship in this one, it's and again, I feel I feel like this is this is an episode where we're comparing a lot of stuff to Star Trek and Star Wars. Right. Although I will say this episode two years before star Wars came out. So they, they were nailing that, you know, jungle set before, Oh yeah. You know, big budget films were, but their ship, I feel like it was a Klingon bird of prey. Yeah. With like a Dyson vacuum. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely <laughs> was. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and their uniforms. Can we talk? Okay. About these I, uniforms? Well, how, yeah. How do you feel about them? Um, I feel like they were inspired by pool noodles. <laughs> Yes, um, I don't know that they had pool noodles in 1975. Um, but yeah, there there is something about like space uniform design from this era where it's like, we're going to give them shoulder pads and yes, like, big dude. puffy tubes on their shirts. I don't know if it's supposed to look like a spacesuit. Like the if future it's supposed to... Is... <clears throat> I don't know. Is that what the future is supposed to look uh, like? Man, if, if 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 it is, I'm a little worried because um, the future looks a lot like the 70s. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> but it is. There's there's just like a I don't know. Like, did somebody like mold the initial idea out of like modeling clay, and somebody in the design you know group went, oh, so they're supposed to be that round and 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 puffy. Yes, <clears throat> it just. Yeah, they don't they don't look all that functional, and they're kind of low cut. Yeah, yeah. like I'm looking at the pictures, the still that you've got in your wardrobe section, and I was just like, wow, that's really a bit of a scoop neck for a guy to be wearing. But hey, like if he wants to wear it, I'm not yeah, gonna go judge. for it. That's just not my style. I mean, we also don't know is there a helmet that goes over this? Maybe the helmet uh, fits on that. Point? If there is, I don't think we see it anyway. No, there. they were like we. Can't. In the story, that guy already used all the budget on the set. We we don't got anything else. Yeah, we built so much jungle, we don't get helmets. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, I thought these were uh, they were okay. That they, they look like they, like the base of a shredder costume almost. <laughs> Before you've added a bunch of stuff to yes. it, yeah, I'll give you that. I, they are indicative of the era. Yes. I think is the the polite thing to say. Absolutely absolutely 
Um, one thing that I was a little like, it kind of felt like they yada yada this a little bit. <laughs> is okay. our um, is our uh, our doctor who is on the he's on the planet. Um, okay, is that what is? It's not Baldwin. Is it Baldwin? Uh, no. Oh, um, it was the 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 older guy with the the beard looked kind of like Charlton Heston. I'm sorry, I'm speaking of our our um, our doctor who gets the crazy eyes. Oh, Sorensen. Sorensen. Yes, sorry. So Sorensen. So, um, you know, uh, he there throughout all the episodes, there seems to be something going on with him. Like mm-hmm. he's getting like some headaches or something. And then in, I believe it's episode three. One, yeah. Two, three, we, yep. He gets these, um, you know, he, he, we go, and I think we did the mirror bit like one too many times. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, like we, mm-hmm. we get it. Um, he has these glowing red eyes that look exactly like our antimatter monster. Yeah. And um, I think I think they just painted his eyelids. It could be. It was tough to tell because he kind of like like you remember watching Lost and like, you know, John Locke, he's got the orange in his mouth and he grins. <laughs> yes. Which which, of course, is totally a throwback to like, um, what was it? Um the Godfather, yes. Um, but this looks like they stuck orange peels in uh, in Frederick Yeager's eyes. Yes, that's what it. That's what it looks like. But I can't. Like I'm looking at the picture, and I can't tell if they painted over his eyelid, or maybe they stuck like like just a little bit of like cut out a piece of blue screen. So yeah. like here, you know, close your eyes, put it on, kind of as a prosthesis. Yeah, and then you know, put that glow on there through CSO. Yeah. But either way they did it. I mean, it looks pretty wild. Yeah. It looks crazy. So I'm like, Oh, so something is clearly happening to him. And then more of the crew is dying. We're of course blaming the doctor and Sarah Jane. Yeah. But what in it's actually him. And I, and there's some scenes where we don't see him, but we see the reaction from, the people that he's about to freeze dry. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh boy, his transformation reveal is going to be awesome. And then he's just like a caveman. It, yes. And I was so disappointed. I was like, he, he, he goes feral. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I'm a, I'm a caveman. And I was like, boring. Uh, and then, you know, that our, um, our commander, moron yes just like the biggest idiot on uh any in any solar system um or the biggest idiot in the in the uh in the around zeta minor yeah (laughs) he's like for sure i'm gonna blast this guy with a thing and then he with a neutron accelerator that will probably fix it um and he does and of course that makes uh turns Sorensen into Jamie Madrox, the multiple man. Uh, and now there are duplicates of Sorensen all over the place. Um, but they are, they look like the antimatter monster, which is very cool. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, why did, why wasn't he, why didn't he just turn into it? It's like his eyes are glowing red and then he's like, now I'm a caveman. I'm like, what? That was annoying. I don't, to me. I don't have a good answer for 
<laughs> and he was so. he was drinking like this cup of dry ice, and I was just like, "Come on, calm down." I mean, realistically, guys, don't stare into antimatter. Yeah, I guess that's what he did. Like, it, we just ever. did just have an eclipse, so maybe that's it, what he well, did with the antimatter. I mean, yeah. Now, if it's again, I try to follow the the thread of like you know what they're discovering in the very first episode they're like mining this these crystals and they're like you know no we have to keep mining they won't be here in the morning and i'm like that's not how geology works you could say it doesn't make sense i could say that many times (laughs) in this episode thank you 17 minute mark episode two for giving us that sound clip um I have a feeling we'll be using that plenty. Yeah, that's going to be uh, sticking on the board, I think, for a while. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, so they're like mining this crystal that I think is the antimatter. And not only does it have, you know, what, de-evolutionary effects on people, but apparently if you have any on your ship and you try to get away from the planet, you can't get away from the planet. Yeah. And yet, and I quote, as they're on a ship in the vacuum of space, they complain that drag is increasing. <laughs> yes. Drag, drag, drag. Not like drag shows, drag, like air resistance oh my goodness drag is increasing actually that that's amazing that that is how a drag show should be intro yes. from now on drag, yes drag is See, increasing I like, I like that i like that otherwise it doesn't make sense yeah it doesn't make sense i agree thank you holy moly um <laughs> yeah i mean i will say like um the, yeah there's just like we had the biggest idiot running everything. It's like, yep. we need to scan the planet. And the guy's like, oh, we can't. It'll cost $5 and we only have $6 or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? Yeah. Scan the planet. Yeah. Start, starting to see why it kind of felt like the story was just kind of okay with a really cool set. Yeah. 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 There are a lot of corpses everywhere, too. That was. Uh, the, there, there were. There were, and and before we see the antimatter monster, I, I kind of felt like you know whatever was doing the killing was killing by overacting. Oh yes, that was also. I wish I had taken some screenshots. I was so the first. There were some good ones. The first two episodes, um, I was watching uh, on the couch with the dogs uh, last night, and then the final mm-hmm. two, I was watching at my computer, which is where I, my I take all my screenshots from. But um, <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish I had some screenshots of that, but yeah, it was, uh, and it was funny because I was like, are they being, I think at one point when I was trying to figure out what is, what was going on, I'm like, so they're getting crushed and then they disappear, shrivel up, and then they come back. Yeah. I think that was also a little puzzling. Like, are they transported somewhere briefly and then, uh, turned into, uh, freeze-dried stuff and then they're sent back mm-hmm. i'm like ah, that's a little confusing to me i agree a little a little yada yada there also one thing just a bit one thing that i noticed and i mean correct me if i'm wrong or if you even noticed it when they when the tardis lands on this planet i don't think i've ever seen the light on top of the tardis blink as much as it did it was blinking oh. out of control 
It was blinking. Maybe that was the emergency materialization. Ah, more rapidly. maybe, maybe. I was like, what is happening? Like they were yeah. landing, they were getting out of it. There was the light was just going crazy. I was like, calm down, TARDIS. <laughs> or maybe the TARDIS was like, wow, this is a really intricate set. The TARDIS was panicked. Just excited. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Um, I also have a note here. Like, you know, when we're kind of just trying to figure out, we're getting the lay of the land here on the planet where um, that they, they have all of those uh, headstones for people. And then there's just mm-hmm. a random corpse on the ground. I'm like, wow, they must have hated that guy. Yeah, he, he he's didn't just get there. One. They're like, you're here now. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, gun noise is bad. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else that uh, was really. Um... Oh, the, okay. Another sequence that was very cool was when. Uh, well, first of all, cliffhanger with the doctor just falling down the hole was great. Oh yes, not only for the fact that it went straight into freeze frame yes at the end of that yes um but i really enjoyed the doctor falling uh seemingly forever and then just you know falling up i guess mm-hmm. it was a very i thought that whole sequence was was very cool it was and i'm sure it was a blast to uh to shoot as well um another <laughs> i really liked sarah jane in this entire serial as well um I love that. We have that. talked a lot about Sarah Jane. No, we haven't. Um, I thought she was great in this episode. I love that th- those two dudes are just arguing, and she's like, "Well, I'm gonna leave now," and just sneaks away. Oh, um, mm-hmm. I also love how just incredibly tired she is of everything that is happening. Um, yeah, I love when uh, when uh, Sorensen says, "What." What is she, what is your uh, what what is your friend's field of science? And she goes, "Oh, everything. He's brilliant." <laughs> Clearly, feeling a little protective. Yeah, she's just like, "I don't of the doctor. I, he's smarter than all of you. You are all dumb. Please stop being dumb." <laughs> um, and then remember when they were going to get ejected into space? That was wild. Oh, yes, that was crazy. Like he gets. Uh, oh, also the doctor punches that dude. Yep. Like straight up just knocks him out. And yeah. then that guy, when he comes to, shoots the doctor in the face with a ray gun. Yes. And we also, we also in episode four, get the doctor using a gun. Ah, yes. As well. So again, don't tell me the doctor doesn't use guns. Yes. He does. Yes. Um, yeah. Honestly, that, that fourth episode is kind of chaotic. Yeah, there's there's so much going on, um, and we have that's when we get Doctor Caveman. <laughs> yes, which is just like I guess. All right, <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, overall, the, I thought this was. You're right. It was. It was okay. Um, I think it had some really cool stuff in it, like the sets and mm-hmm. the the um, the look of the antimatter monster. Yeah, uh, the CSO stuff. Um, so, so where where would you put it on the recommendability? That is, uh, man, that's a good question. Yeah, <clears throat> I think because there there are some cool stuff that I I think is worth seeing. Yes, and I think I think Sarah Jane is great in this. I think oh totally. I think the Doctor is also great in it. I think the one smart guy on the uh on the spaceship is great um i i mean i'd say 
I'm trying to think of a scale that I would put this on. I don't because <laughs> we can't do a one through ten. No, it's I, I think I think it's something where like it's it's definitely not in like the top half of the list. But no. if somebody has been like you know I've seen some Doctor Who, but you know if yeah I'd say if someone's like I've seen a decent amount of Tom Baker, but I haven't seen all of it. I'd say you know what check out. Check out Planet of Evil. It's got some cool mm. stuff in it. Also, he doesn't have a scarf for most of this. That's you know what? That's true. I didn't even know. I hadn't really thought about. Which uh, is weird to me. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of one of his defining features. Oh, I'm reading that the plot was inspired by the film Forbidden Planet and the novella The Strange Case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I can see where both of those kind of feature and makes sense. Yeah. Now. Um, yeah. All right. Should we uh, start hitting some buttons? I, I, I think it would make sense. Ah, the buttons. Yes. I've got all the machinery I need. Stand back. It's time. For the double Okay. So I feel like the only two moments that at least that I can remember that would be very Duggan-esque is they come back to back and I literally just mentioned them. Uh, mm-hmm. The doctor knocking this dude out with one punch yep. to get to solve the problem. And then that same man to solve the problem of the doctor shooting him directly in the face. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else that um, would seemingly... <clears throat> Uh, go under this category. I mean, I, I'd love to include, you know, death by overacting, but that's not really a Duggan. <laughs> I mean, if that was the case, this would get a 10 um, <laughs> for sure. Right. Um, I, I'm going to go. Those are two, you know, pretty. Those are fine. I'm going to go with like uh, like a three and a quarter. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fine. It was a solid punch when it happened. I oh, went, it oh, was. <laughs> yeah, because I was. Apparently not expecting it at all. Yeah, I'll I'll give that a three for sure. All right, all right. Let's hit this other button. Gathering close, it's time for the behind the coaster. All right, Taylor. A bunch of uh, corpses. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I I say there's not much scary. In this episode, there there is a pretty decent body count. Yeah, I mean, like truth, everybody. Truth does be told, pretty much. Yeah, just about, just about. Um, so yeah, we do have some corpses. Um, you know, they 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 die by mostly invisible hands. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I mean, they're they're creepy. You know, you've got the, these kind of like you know desiccated, like I call them, apple children. happy fall everyone um but i I still it doesn't come across as overly scary yeah right there's not there's not a terror there's like even amongst the the rest of the cast you know there's not this intense terror that is felt there's this like oh god oh what's happened to him kind of thing but not just like i'm losing my mind yeah over it because of what's happened you know, and yeah. then so much of the episode is spent being like, "Oh, well, it's clearly you, Doctor. It's clearly you, Sarah." <laughs> yes, you clearly, you know, turn these even, people into into 
freeze dried people. We totally exactly. Under- you did this, you know, and it's and it's you know, even even a young viewer knows that it's not going to be the Doctor and Sarah Jane. So that, that kind <laughs> yes. of, I mean, come on, <laughs> like. Yeah, you know they can they can figure that out. Yes. Um. So I mean, okay. Yes, a little creepy, possibly a little gross. You know, maybe just the hint of body horror if you don't like wrinkles. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, not not really all that scary per se. There you go. Well, all right, Taylor. What are we What are we watching in in two weeks' time? I think what I will say if. If they, for some reason, announce um, when the special is going to be, yeah. do you maybe want to pivot just in case to Toymaker? Of course. Okay. Of course. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm okay. totally fine with that. Well, what um, what should everyone expect us to be reviewing next time <laughs> in case there is, you know, nothing is announced? Well, this morning I popped open the, the rather awesome spreadsheet yes. I made a while oh, back. Oh, God. Uh, that was... It was so quick to put together, and it just it felt so good to be like, okay, yeah, here's what we've done, here's what, here's what we haven't done, easy peasy, love it. And and coming off Planet of Evil, I got inspired, and I figured let's do the Mind of Evil, ooh, starring John Pertwee as the Doctor, Katie Manning as Joe Grant. It was written by Don Houghton and directed by Timothy Combe. Ooh, six parter, six parter, six parter. You could do it three episodes, two days, easy peasy. Oh, I'm going to watch it all at once. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe like, I will. We'll see. You know, if you do, you do. I am not going to fault you that. Oh. <clears throat> well, we will. Uh, uh, Roger Delgado's in it too soon. Yes. Hard to go wrong with the master. Cannot, cannot go wrong. All right. Yeah. So you can. Uh, oh, wait. Hold on, Taylor. Yes. Do you? Do you have something else you need to plug? Uh, do I? We don't have a new episode of All Night with the Living Geeks just yet. Okay. But it will be coming 1st of November. So next week. Uh, yes, next Wednesday. We record it next Monday. Which oh, okay. day to edit it. <laughs> Got it. Uh, if you'd like to join us, John, you're always um, welcome. So I will say a thing that I will talk about next time we record that will be making me happy uh in the next coming days is my family is coming down. Oh, yay. Um, yeah. So, uh, unfortunately I will not because we will still be hanging out on, uh, that Monday. That is totally fine. Yeah. So we're going to I just like to make the offer I, and I always enjoy the offer and I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to Disneyland. Excellent. Um, yes, yes. Excellent. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, until, then uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at the Podcastica. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'll, I'll eventually get the message at JP Thrice. <laughs> and you can follow Taylor on Twitter at BusBuddha71. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. Just search Podcastica. Rate and review us as well. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the NOTLG. Uh, or you can just go on over to notlg.com. It's still hopefully operational. I don't think it's anything. It's still there. It's just, it's just such a paranoia now where it's like, yeah, what happened it. now? But it's still uh, up there. It. Uh, com slash notlg. Go pick up our uh, Duggan Patriot yes. State of Podcastica merchandise. Yes, yes, yes. It's all there. Um, 
Yeah. It's going to give you all the machinery you need to get through the day. Absolutely. I need to get a mug. I want a mug of that yeah. so bad. Or a shirt. Or anything, guys. <laughs> it's all over there. Uh, or if you just want to donate monetarily to keep the train a moving, patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Um, so join us again in two weeks unless we tweet something out that says otherwise for the mind of evil. And we'll talk to you guys then. See ya. Yeah, we built so much jungle we don't get helmets. <laughs>